Reading in Church, a proud partner with Audible.com. Previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. Yeah, so that's in case you said, ah, is that real? Is that really what he's saying at the Lord's Supper? Yes, he says the exact same thing when they actually use a sword. Jesus is never asking disciples to take up weapons and inflict violence. That is not the way Jesus establishes his kingdom. Well, I would expect an Anabaptist to say Yes, that. yes. But then, yes, yeah, sure, he's going to... And then proof text it from the <laughs> Bible, quote-unquote. <laughs> so whether you... If you just argued from the Last Supper, which people... This isn't this is an abstract. I have this conversation every I year. I know yes, you do. That's why I'm, I, I put a quarter in here, <laughs> too. Sorry. Yeah. You don't have to trust me. Just keep reading the text. Okay. That's what we can do with all these factoids that fix the text. You know what? You don't need to fix the text. Just keep reading the text. Try reading it. The text will fix itself. It's very good at that. So, yeah. Welcome to Reading in Church and Other Distractions with Rob and Mike. Well, welcome back to the podcast. I am Robert Wallace. And I am Michael McKeever. And despite some technical fault starts today, we are in the 24th, proper 24, the 19th Sunday after Pentecost. These are the readings for... October the 20th, 2019. So maybe we can get this together. We're doing this a little differently today mm-hmm. with the new Mac update. It has thrown me off. Yes. Um, and if anything, I have helped you not do the Mac update. You probably won't. Update no, I've me. been getting, uh, I've been getting emails all day of like, Hey, uh, <laughs> some software I, some, I usually, Hey, don't, don't update folks. We're not ready for it. <laughs> so. yeah, that's, that's basically been my experience as well. So, but we have four scriptures: uh, Jeremiah thirty-one twenty-seven to thirty-four, uh, Psalm one nineteen ninety-seven to one hundred four, and uh, then in the New Testament, Second Timothy three fourteen through four five, mm-hmm. and Luke eighteen one to eight. Yes. Great. So, hope you will <clears throat> like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Reading in Church in both of those places for updates and you know fun little pictures yes. that we might post right and if uh the power company turns off my power because it's breezy outside <laughs> it'll just be the old testament without it without was, the reading <laughs> just without, commentary without just just commentary no reading for a while there we thought it would be good you know if we just uh did our own thing just record it and then just put yeah. them together let's just let hang us, up and talk and exactly just let it sync up and uh and see what happens hmm. so all kinds of fun uh, anyway, yes, anyway. <laughs> yes. Well, we might be overpromising that this is going to be much different, but that's a fair point. We'll see. That's a fair point. So, all right. Well, I think I'm ready to all right. to go. Ready to go? That's well, who uh, knows that's at three, this point. Jeremiah 31. Sounds good. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of humans and the seed of animals. And just as I have watched over them to pluck up and break down to overthrow to to destroy and to bring evil, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, says the Lord. In those days they shall no longer say, the parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. But they people used to say that all people, the time. People hardly ever say that anymore. <laughs> they used to say that all the time. It's modern dentistry, I think. But all shall die for their own sins. The teeth of everyone who eats sour grapes shall be set on, on edge. Hmm. As, as it should be. Yes. Okay. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. 
It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. A covenant they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Well, yes, this pretty is, good this is, stuff. It's good stuff. This is good. New Testament people love this section. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because it is the only place in the Bible that new covenant occurs. Yes, thank um, goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got this to well, stand on. It's it's like that moment when you discover in the movie where the title comes from. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's what gave it the title. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. This is the, or the podcast, Modern Dentistry. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, that that's significant. You know, new covenant thing. This is this is in Jeremiah's book of comfort, which started in mm-hmm. uh, Jeremiah thirty. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. Um, and sort of provides the the connection between the hope of. Uh, promised hope in Jeremiah 29, and then the symbol of the practiced hope that Jeremiah buys the land in just a few chapters mm, where mm-hmm. we, yes. we did these out of did these out of order, which is a perfectly good way to do Jeremiah. Yeah. Uh, because, who as, would, you know, who would this know? is chapter 31 in the Hebrew text. It's chapter 38 in the Greek text. Oh, uh, okay. Just so you know. So it's all over. So if you're following along in your Greek Bible, you might be lost. Mm. Um, I should point out Masoretic text. Um, you have the days are surely coming. That is a eschatological feature. Anytime you have that, the days are surely coming. That's that's pointing to an end times. We have mm-hmm. several um, mm-hmm. poetic oracles here, and this is sort of the chiasm of there's I think believe there's five oracles in chapter thirty one, and this the they're centered on this this section. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul uses might... that language in in the Timothy reading. Interesting. Oh, the, the days day... are surely coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow, yeah. that's it's eschatological here. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's trying to, you know, envision this this end times when people will actually be the people God created them to be. It's mm-hmm. hard to imagine mm-hmm. those people. Wow. Um, that time. But uh <laughs> yeah. We have different people imagining it different ways. Uh you've got uh Micah who's imagining that the law will go out from Zion, that you know, God will teach them uh from Zion. Uh and here the same sort of thing is that only now God's not going to teach them. The law is just going to be on their hearts. Um uh, they're going to have it written there and you won't have to have teachers anymore. Yeah. Teachers with their with their Am I right? Bibles. Get me started on teachers with their ideas and thoughts. <laughs> um but uh the uh the grapes line that we were teasing about, I, I don't know if you got the idea, but you know that, uh, you know, you brush your teeth and uh, right after you've drunk orange juice or, you know, you ah. drink orange juice right after you brush your teeth and there's that, that moment when you question how there could be a just God in the universe. That's <laughs> oh, that what this basically is? Oh. what this is about is the parents are, are eating the sour grapes, but oh. it's the children who are reacting as a result of the bad choices of the parents. So the parents have made the choice to sin and the consequences okay. are falling okay. upon the children. That makes but, sense. But but all shall end up dying for their own sins. The point of it, it being that, yeah. I see these you, ads on the internet. A dentist say avoid this one common fruit. And then I, <laughs> I want to click it. I'm not sure which one it is. It's fry sour grapes. It's probably what you like. Uh, although although I did see some uh, a cartoon yesterday that said, you know, if, if Eden actually was a, gar- a garden, 
than uh, humanity are varmints. Um, <laughs> and it has God saying, Dog, God, stay out of my apple patch. You can... <laughs> As they're running away into the fleeing to the east, humanity which is a different reading. Are varmints. <laughs> yeah, different, different reading, actually, okay. varmints. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but back to Jeremiah. Mm, back to the, Jeremiah. Uh, this, this is a fascinating moment of hope, and, and it almost stands out, but if it wasn't connected so well. I mean, it, it's Jeremiah is full of so much judgment. Uh, and, and then here at the beginning, uh, God says, and just as I've watched over them to pluck up and break down, overthrow, destroy, those were, you might remember mm-hmm. elements of Jeremiah's call. Yeah. Jeremiah was being called to pluck up, break down, overthrow, destroy, and build and plant. Jeremiah mm-hmm. was also doing those things. And God is what, so that time is coming. I mean, so okay. we've gotten the destruction and overthrowing. Now the building and the planting is coming. Okay. And so that's, that's when we get into this, know the Lord. Yeah. Um, I do think it's interesting the covenant is with the house of Israel and house of Judah. It's not, this new covenant is not universal in its portrayal. The other mm-hmm. eschatological visions, like in Micah, beginning of Isaiah, mm-hmm. they're always universal. All the nations will stream unto it. All the nations will stream unto it. But this yeah. new covenant is, and maybe because this is just the beginning of the new covenant. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to just start over back like we're standing at Sinai. I will be your God. You will be our, okay. my people. That's really I, mean, I, I, yeah. I think exactly. I think it's just a reset button where hmm. let's see if you people can't live into what I've called you to be. Yeah. Um, Cause you clearly haven't been. Okay. So, wow. So that's, that's what's going on. A beautiful passage. Yeah, it I mean, is. It's a beautiful passage. What, what do you think? Uh, is there grammatically or something? So the, the fact that people can now know the Lord themselves, is that, um, because of God's spirit in them or because mm-hmm. they have been forgiven or both and. Yeah. I think it's gotta be both. And okay. It's gotta be both. And, and, and that, yeah, you don't have to say no, the Lord, because people will know the Lord. Everyone mm-hmm. will be, I mean, remember knowledge in this context, yada, the Hebrew word yada mm-hmm. is to be intimately connected with to it's, it's, it's marriage language in the same way that he used husband earlier in the passage, you know, mm-hmm. it's a marriage language and, uh, God is saying, yeah. no, yeah, I'm, they're yeah. going to know me the way they're supposed to know me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, everybody is. There's no yeah. hierarchy. It's, it's de- democratized. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Love it. It is. <laughs> love it. it is. Love, <laughs> love it, Jeremiah. The great passage. Long time coming, Jeremiah, but love what you're doing here. <laughs> just make some notes for him as he goes forward with his ministry. Right. Well, he needs some. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, and, and probably a hug. You yeah. probably could use a hug, too. Probably, yeah. All right. Well, let's see what's up with uh, this long psalm, portion of this yeah. long psalm. What letters are we dealing with here? Uh, Mame. Oh. We're, up to the, we're up to M. Okay. All right. So yeah. just the middle. Jer- no, is that the yes. middle of the yeah, Literally, it, yeah. it, it's close. Yeah. It's close. Okay. All right. Psalm 119, 97 to 104. Sounds like a radio station. So, 97. <laughs> the 7. 97 to 104 coming at you. <laughs> oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day long. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for it is always with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. Man, harshing on teachers yeah. today. Yeah, it's really down on teachers. For your decrees are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn away from your ordinances, for you have taught me. 
How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. There you go. Yeah, 119 is a a beautiful meditation on Torah. It is uh, an acrostic, um, eight verses per letter. So eight olives, eight baits, eight gimels, eight dollars, and now we have made it all the way to Mame. We are up to the to the, to the M's, if you will. The mums, yeah. So what love I have for your Torah. That's basically literally it says it literally is what it the word for what at the beginning. So what love uh I have. Maybe I should try reading with it. Mo Mo, how I love your love. Mitt yeah. is my Meditation all Maymong. My have more. Yeah, I don't think it works. That really brings it to life. It, it's like, I don't think that works. Um, remember, of course, that, uh, well, there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, eight verses per, so there's 176 verses uh, in uh, Psalm 119, making it the longest chapter in the Bible. Mm. And all of it focusing on God's law, which, I mean, if there's ever a better illustration that we're using that word differently now than they were using it then, mm-hmm. this is a psalm that does it. I mean, it's, um, it's, not, it's not legal. It's, it is uh, instruction. Teach, and that's, I think, why you see teaching here in parallel, because the word Torah it does have connection to the, to the Hebrew word for teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's meditating on God's instruction. God's commandments are wise and lead to life as opposed to the ones that lead to, to death. I was curious this time. I was at 103. How sweet are your words to my taste? Sweeter than honey in my mouth. That is a, um, that's, it reminded me of Ezekiel, of course, eating the scroll, mm-hmm. which, you know, tasted like honey. And of course, John in Revelation also, mm-hmm. God's words are sweet to the taste, aren't they? Is honey yes. used or is it just? Yes, uh, sweet, just sweet. Just sweet, just sweet, but bitter. Okay. In the yeah, j- to do them. Jeremiah's, yeah, yeah, yeah Jer- Jeremiah's. Or excuse me, Ezekiel's were not bitter. He really just liked the words of ah, judgment. Okay, they were just. Ta- <laughs> Is that they right? Just, oh, okay. They were tasty. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they didn't go bitter. Yeah. Um, because I had John in my mind one day when I was teaching, and I thought, wait a minute, where's the where's the bitter part? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess mm-hmm. I guess Ezekiel doesn't mind. I love scrolls. I love judgment. Oh this is man, one you start eating one scroll, you just want to eat another scroll. <laughs> tasty, tasty <laughs> judgment. Um, but uh, apparently the judgment made John happy to begin with, but was bitter in the... We're saying scroll, right? Not squirrel. I am saying scroll. Okay. A squirrel. Scroll. Okay. <laughs> Not squirrel. Uh, I haven't had squirrel. I've had many animals. I've oh, the honey, the honey nut squirrels are, they're <laughs> addicting. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. My nephew did have a, a, we went to the house, it was in Mississippi, of course, and uh, he was in, uh, he showed the refrigerator, he brings out these two squirrels' legs. And he had, <laughs> he'd shot a squirrel and he was going to cook them. Oh and my. I said, well, I hope you can live with yourself with some poor squirrel out there in a wheelchair now yeah. because of you. Uh-huh. Just, yeah. just mm, Peanut, mon- peanut-fed mm, squirrels. Monster. Some, anyway. some lonely man is waiting in the park for the squirrel but to show I up. Do w- <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to the yes, psalm, yes. I do wonder about the the... That sweet are your words, honey, in my mouth. I wonder if that's a Torah illusion, which I had never, I'd never made that connection before. That possibly in both Ezekiel, maybe even in John, in Revelation as well, mm. that, that there's at least God's teaching, God's instruction that is being referenced there. I, I don't know. Mm. Uh, it's a possibility. I don't know. The psalm is so long, it's got to refer to a bunch of stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure that that's what's going on in Revelation, but yeah. I can't think of what what is Torah. what is going on in Revelation when he talks uh, about the scroll is tasty but 
bitter? Uh, it is, um, that, that's a key point in Revelation where everything is prelude up to that, that John is now entering into the story. And the thing is, the message is, um, it's like a, a call, but it's a call like, likely to martyrdom, to deli- oh, okay. deliver the message and seal it. The pattern is always following the footsteps of the Lamb, which is to give true testimony and then, and then seal it with your testimony with your blood. So, mm. hence the bitter part of ah. it. Yes. So following in the, the call to follow in the footsteps of the Lamb is, is sweet, but, uh, but it's bitter too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've I have you know being allergic to several. That's foods, the content of the scroll. That's what Revelation's about, by the way. That's what Revelation oh. is about. That is the the message of Revelation that uh, we're that Christians are called to be followers of the Lamb. That shouldn't be surprising, but that's that's where you see it. It's like there's a lot of prelude and kind of a um, yeah, we know this stuff from uh, from all, every apocalypse. But it's when you get to ten and eleven, and John enters the story and eats the scroll. That's where you get the content of the scroll. The, while you're opening the seals and all this traditional sort of apocalyptic chaos is unfolding. That's prelude to the message itself. So a little, little plug for Revelation there. Okay. Well, I'm not going to tell my joke now, but okay, because <laughs> you decided to go all serious. Okay. Me, that's fine. Well, there's so well, much. It was okay. So much well, it wasn't great. It bad wasn't a great stuff joke. Stuff so. upon Revelation. It's just good there to shovel is. out the barn every now and then. I, I, I know many would be grateful for yes. that. Uh-huh. So that, that's the point of Revelation, mm-hmm. you say. Yes. Be, so wait a minute. You're saying the point of Revelation is to be like Jesus. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, it's kind of like all the other books in the New Testament. Wow, surprisingly, yeah. Who saw that coming? Uh, not a lot. Very, of, very, not, not very a lot of people writing people. currently. Not <laughs> not a lot very of people few people. Yeah, yeah. But but I, I mean, obviously, speaking of surprising ways of looking, mm-hmm. I mean, this is not a way of looking at the at law that is mm-hmm. is in any way familiar to us. I mean, nobody right. is going to talk about speed limits. How like, I oh, love how I love the your speed building limit. code. Right, oh, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, that should be a clue that we have some, you know, vocabulary differences, and, mm-hmm. and we ought to be aware of them. That this yeah. is this is teaching, this is instruction, which is a way that leads to life, and that's why you get the bottom. I hate every false. They're life way. hacks. They're life hacks. They they are <laughs> they are life hacks. Yes, oh. and uh, really, they are every false way, and so that, so that's showing that sort of that lifestyle part of it. Um, mm-hmm. He's thinking of it as as a way of living, um, mm-hmm. and uh, hmm. yeah. So it's a beautiful, complex psalm, and um, there's a reason that you just hit it in bits in the yeah in the lectionary because 176 verses would be. I mean, we then we cancel service. That's it. That's yeah. the whole thing. We'll be, we'll be reading Psalm yeah. 119 Thanks on Sunday. For coming. And that's yes. all we got time yes. for. It's closing so. prayer. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. it is good. Good in bits. Bite, bite it off bits. Yeah, just about. We want to do Second Timothy? Yeah. Let's do it. Moving along today. Moving along. Second Timothy three fourteen through four five. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Though I'm not sure about Nahum, he said. Mm. No, wait, that was mm. Yeah. Um, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work, in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, 
And in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message, be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable, convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires. Down on the teachers mm-hmm. again. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your mission, excuse me, your ministry fully. Okay, yeah. So he calls a man of God, and he says, the days, the time is coming. The days, mm-hmm. probably the days are coming. I didn't look that up. Is, is that a, uh, you think that's an eschatological yeah. reference? Yeah, because he's yeah. going to start talking about, well, it's it's both um, it's both referencing the false teachers who are already there. You know, it's already started. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, I think, in the light of the fact that he's going to talk about, Paul is talking about, he is, I think we read this next week, he'll be poured out as a libation. He's coming foresees his end um, mm-hmm. and seal his testimony with his own you know, blood or, or has, depending on how you read second Timothy. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of opens up, that kind of condenses the future all and it's kind of collapses it all into one, one thing that this is, uh, this, this is expected in the end times. Yeah. It is uh, Kairos. It okay. is the, okay. the time, the, the season. Time of the season. Yeah. And this is actually kind of a, a, a theme, the tone of uh, the Lucan reading too. That um, these things are expected. That um, the kingdom, the kingdom of this world, is not going to yield, uh, give way without a struggle to the God's inbreaking kingdom. And uh, these things are expected of uh, of the um, the transition of the ages. That uh, that people, that God's ministers, will face adversity, and and uh, it requires tenacity and uh in season and out so there's this it's kind of um when we begin at four this is the kind of thing you would say in a last last uh, a testament you know last will mm-hmm, and testament mm-hmm. so in the presence of god and christ jesus it's the judge of living in the dead okay that's that's in a normal conversation that might be out of place but paul's right. talking foreseeing his 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 own death so it's it's like a charge isn't it i mean mm-hmm. it's like yes. by the power vested in me yes. by the state of mm-hmm. you know yes i i solemnly urge you mm-hmm. yes uh, yeah a charge mm-hmm. is a good word for that yeah i solemnly charge you to proclaim the message and just to be 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 like paul persistent whether you know favorable or unfavorable convince rebuke encourage with the utmost patience and teaching and some of that might be that tenacity might be in private and tenderly, and uh, that mm-hmm. you don't you don't just rebuke people openly. You start in private, and it takes humility. And uh, um, but it is the same the mindset of uh, constancy and the work the work that uh, he has been he's been called to do to follow in Paul's footsteps. Really, something. A lot of pressure. Yeah, a lot, That's a lot of pressure. Is, well, I follow our Jesus, but uh, I'm following yeah. also following Paul. Well, that makes it a lot of pressure. And and the, I like the you know in what you have learned and firmly believe, knowing from whom you've learned it. Mm. And at first, I thought, oh, Paul, and how from childhood? Oh, his parent, yeah. his mother, uh-huh. and his grandmother. Yeah. So I, I don't mm-hmm. know who that's supposed to be. Who from whom? Probably both. Yeah. The women, the women uh, on his side who are uh, Jewish line, and his father is Gentile. So um, mm-hmm. nevertheless, he seemed to have received uh, Jewish religious instruction from mm-hmm. from the beginning, and and uh, continuity. You know, not uh, Paul's not saying you know, talking about. Then this new message came and displaced that. But right. Paul's functioning in continuity with the uh, Well, the no, I mean, that continuity is emphasized in 16. I mean, when he says scripture, he's talking Septuagint. I mean, yeah. he's talking, you know, he's talking, he, you know, Old Testament mm-hmm. Septuagint, probably, that mm-hmm. is inspired by God for mm-hmm. teaching and proof. Mm-hmm. So, 
Well, yeah, yeah that's I mean, true. That's true. That's their Bible. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny to me that I've heard that scripture used so often. And of course it's broadly applied. And I think, you know, when Paul said that, mm-hmm. yeah, there was no new yes. Testament. The gospels yes. hadn't been All written scripture yet. Is inspired, including this, <laughs> including what I'm just saying here. <laughs> including what I'm saying now. Actually, Even what I inspired. just mentioned, when I mentioned that I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Then in Corinthians, when I said God didn't say that, that God inspired me to say uh, that God didn't yeah. say that. Did I just blow yeah, your mind? So. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just blow your mind, Timothy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, that, that's, it's so funny. It's like inspired. No, it's God breathe. We know what inspired means, don't you? It means God breathe. <laughs> breathe. Yes. <laughs> Actually, so that, use other, thank you. That means. helps. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. This, this language is very, it's very practical and it's day-to-day business of the church. And usually that scripture is taken to mean something yeah. <laughs> kind of wrested from its context and, mm-hmm. and twisted and expanded in all kinds of ways that uh, yeah. is really not the yeah. context. Uh, and and uh, going beyond scripture to defend scripture is yes. a tenuous action because goodness knows scripture can't defend itself. Yes, so it right. Champions like us. Yes, you know that's one thing I've talked about. I think I've talked about it several times because I'm in a new context and mm-hmm. I tell a little bit more of my story. The one thing that convinced me about scripture not needing defense is cutting my teeth um, teaching New Testament in Berkeley. With this yeah. this huge consortium of of religious institutions, uh, Christian and non Christian, and and also cross enrollment with the University of California Berkeley, that you had big classes with all mm-hmm. kinds of people with mm-hmm. all kinds of agendas and all kinds of axes to grind, <clears throat> and let yet seen uh, uh, my mentor just kind of lay out the <laughs> lay out the the Bible. Let's read this together. Let's not check. Yeah. Let's not check our lives at the door, but bring that to our reading of the text. It's like that's amazing, you know. It gives yeah. so much freedom. Like, man, the Word of God is is amazing. <laughs> yeah, people are imp- impacted by it. It's it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time defending God's Word. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it it's fascinating. I mean, I mean, what it says is amazing enough. We don't have mm-hmm. to put any pressure on it. Yeah. To, yeah. Our words are going to fail. It has, anyway, you know, so. in and of itself, and it has a lot of cultural weight. People will of course. give it attention. They're very interested in it. Even if, even the misreadings of it, they're very, you know, interested and and maybe torqued off by this. And it has their attention. It has their attention. Yeah. 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 yeah it's good yeah. stuff. Otherwise, I mean, obviously we think that or we wouldn't have done two and a half years worth of podcast well, talking yeah. about it. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, Worth uh, talking about. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just 16. Uh, that, that sense of continuity was significant to me that, 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 mm-hmm. that Timothy is standing in a line and, and carrying yes. on. I like do the work of an evangelist is an interesting charge in this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Who, who is he thinking of there? I mean, as a, you know, as... I actually made a mental note to, uh, <laughs> to look that up because I think I thought about that uh, for the last few weeks. Like, I know that's coming up, do the work of an evangelist. What did that mean to Paul? I think, yeah. I think it was a, you know, it was more expansive. It's just another word for uh, a minister of the, the gospel, gospel, you know? Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I didn't explore it. Yeah, and I didn't uh, encounter people kind of settling on on that. But I think that is the the work that Paul does. And, and, you, you know, know? timing wise, it's fascinating too because I mean, at, at least narratively timed in this, this is coming together prior to the composition of the Gospels. I mean, they're not. Ah, w- mm-hmm. when we talk about. Mm-hmm. The, evan- the the evangelists, we talk about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is obviously euangelion. That's what mm-hmm. they are. That's the word gospel. Yeah. 
and and to so on some levels this is being used prior i mean i don't know when second Timothy's written right but let, let's pretend for a minute it's coming together in paul's mm-hmm. life and it is represent the words of paul then this word is being used prior to a time when we normally use that word <laughs> <laughs> yeah, evangelist. Yeah, which is just—it's kind of an interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. I don't even know well, if it means anything. But I it's think, fascinating. I think we just live in a time when it's been narrowed to a, a specific yeah. kind of uh, hmm, conversion yeah. experience. Yeah. And a person yeah. who invites you to that—that's not doesn't seem to uh, resonate with how that's used in in the kind of big encompassing sense that it's used in scripture, right. or how you refer to the gospel writers as evangelists, you know, mm-hmm. although when I do that, I do, my students do, uh, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they, br- they bristle a little. The gospel yeah. writers, they're evangelists. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't, they, reali- they don't realize how in- redundant it is to say mm-hmm. gospel writer is evangelist. I mean, that's mm-hmm. gospel is evangel. I mean, that's, that's the word. That's what it mm-hmm. means is yeah. gospel. Good, good news. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mark starts, mm-hmm. the Mark starts with that. The good Mark news. Gives it the good news. Although he was yeah. copying it from from Isaiah, but still. Oh, sure. Effective. <laughs> Who wrote in Greek, obviously. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> Popular version, yeah. <laughs> yes. What is that word in, in Hebrew? Uh, oh, wow. See, why do you ask questions like that? What, verse, what Isaiah verse is it? 40, uh, verse, is it one? No, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Uh, no, it's not verse one. It's the announcement at the... A the, voice cries the, in the wilderness. The one crying in the wilderness, isn't it? No, I'm, no, I'm, uh, no, I'm wondering. <laughs> I'm wondering whether that's in there. It's not. Am I, I don't am misremembering this? Yeah, a voice cries in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight the desert highway. But there's no, hmm. there's no word for gospel there. Okay. All right. I'm not sure. What I I'm wonder. Thinking. I wonder if there is in uh, in the Septuagint. Let me look. Uh, yeah, voice crying. <clears throat> Oh, that's interesting. Paraclite, paraclite, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is in obviously comfort, 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 comfort. In, uh, yeah, but the paraclete is yeah. My people says God. Mm. Uh, I don't see gospel anywhere. Uh, how beautiful! I don't know what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I'm thinking is it further into the quote? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Probably... See, we don't. So Mark may have just come up with it. Mm, uh, no, you know, I, now it's not cl- it's it's on the tip of my tongue, but it's not close enough. I'm, it's going to burn a lot of time on a podcast. Me trying to right, well, that's remember we got time to burn today. No, yeah. that's okay. We'll, we'll come. Keep going. Um, we'll come back to it. Yeah. We could read an evangelist at this point. Well, how about that? Let's. Why don't we do that? The third Luke evangelist. 18. Yes. But number one in our hearts, Luke 18, one to eight. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. We won't go into it right now. Oh, no, he does. He (laughs) said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In like three jokes came to mind, but I'm just going to keep going. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Mm -hmm. So this is actually wrapping up a long... um... 
section as the get close to the conclusion of the journey. And I think I've highlighted where that, that was. So this is kind of, um, um, uh, punctuates that, the, the, uh, the attitude that one has had. And as you get to the end of that section, um, and, and oh, where does it begin? 17 through 18, you have more, uh, questions about the end time. So I mm-hmm. think the Pharisees are asking, you know, where, you know, where, where is, you know, evidence of God's kingdom and, and disciples just before this are asking when, when will this happen? And, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe they're asking where, because he ends with that, that verse, like, well, where the, uh, where the vultures are, you know, gathered, mm-hmm. there's the corpse. That's a great, yeah, great right. verse. No one ever quotes, but yeah, yeah, it'll be obvious. It'll be obvious where it is, but uh, it changes to, you know, wh- the question is changed to, um, will you be faithful? You know, will you be mm-hmm. found faithful? And so this parable is used to characterize that faithfulness. I do think it's primarily about prayer, but it is also in terms of Jesus' broader teaching, it's the, um, the whole life of a a uh, a disciple is to be characterized by this tenacity um not just in prayer but also the lifestyle that's 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 calling for justice i mean this is a woman this is a woman who's calling for for justice this kind of left abstract here but she is just tenacious even though this guy isn't uh, isn't concerned with that mm-hmm. i you often read that uh, he is concerned with his reputation um but he's not. <laughs> he doesn't care. Yeah. Actually, it says in the, you know, in the story, it says he's not. He says he doesn't yeah, care. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about it. I don't have respect for people. So I don't care if people respect me. It's kind of like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's just unusual, obviously, for a judge uh, in, that, in that day. And, and you know what? We, we really don't have a hero here either. I mean, the woman's not the focus. The guy is the focus. I mean, he's, he's the model on this. This is almost... This is almost an unjust steward situation, but sort of the opposite. The unjust steward was working because he had concern about his reputation and what he was going to do. The mm-hmm. judge here is concerned, mm-hmm. but he does he doesn't care about his reputation. Well, I think I think the widow is is the the hero in that the, her her oh, uh, the, the tenacity. Yeah, the tenacity and not okay. n- not going to the script. You know, it should be like, uh, hey, get out of here, go be a victim somewhere. You know, that's not your yeah. cultural script. Is not to be actively. In the face, literally, it's the mm-hmm. language from from uh, boxing. You know, some people uh, does the message. Some people use black eye, so he doesn't come and give me a black eye. It's oh, not. Wow. It's not. It's not even his reputation. It's literally this woman is capable of anything. You know, it's <laughs> it's almost like a, the scenario where a mouse is attacking a, a an elephant and the elephant's yeah. cowering. You know, it's like this is so. This is so beyond this. This well, actually, I guess there's that is a kind of a trope. Uh, that is of, a thing. Yeah, but, so, yeah. lion. But if, go if with you, lion. If you've never you know heard that, but yeah, a, a, a mouse attacking a lion. It's like this is you know this this is so unusual, and she's not following this social conventions uh mm-hmm. it's like the woman the uh, the woman with the issue of blood she shouldn't you know shouldn't have been out in the crowd by by normal conventions just go back into your back room in the house with you know where you spend time when you have an issue of blood you know it's she's just not following that script and like i'm gonna get what i need and and the, the argument here is very common in rabbinic and jewish argument would be uh from from light to heavy uh how much more 
You know, this is like yeah. this. Here's an absurd example. And even even a, a judge who's supposed to represent justice and grant justice. Here's a judge who doesn't not concerned about any of that justice in, in, a, in a social context. He's the he's the uh, the the anti judge sort of you know it's just even yeah. even this character this, this scoundrel will grant justice how much more will God yeah. the just God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night um, but it's set in the context of expecting this kind of opposition and injustice to be suffering that as as disciples as one thinks about the end because there's been a lot of uh, Leading up to this, a lot of uh, references to the in the end when the Son of Man returns. Mm-hmm. Um, um, this is the kind of um, adversity which should be expected, which will be normal. And this is the kind of faith, the uh, faith that is embodied by this this uh, this widow is not acting like a widow. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are they are kind of um, mm, probably uh, they they are widows are examples of faithfulness and prayer and you have uh anna at the very beginning of luke who's Mm -hmm. that's all she's defined as doing she's always in public praying praying. Mm -hmm. um very public person but uh but before this they're they're kind of they're kind of not remarrying as a symbol of faithfulness to god devotion to god so they're examples Mm -hmm. of devotion to god but the the public and tenacious nature of is not what you expect of a woman an older woman you know in this culture. So is the the justice and the help. Christians should be that, like old women, is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I think, <laughs> obviously. Uh, but the is the justice and the help eschatological here because of our context? Yes. I mean, because, yes. okay, so this is not, yes. this is not a God will get, get us through the day. This is a God will get us through this world that is out to kill us. Yes, it is. What will you be faithful even in the in the uh, as the adversity ramps up in the in the end okay. days? Because that's what's happening. I mean, all our scriptures now are ramping up. Mm-hmm. We're, we're appro- yeah. it's, it's yeah. approaching the eschatology of. Yeah. yeah, I was really impressed how how they all kind of fit together. Uh, that's not always the case, obviously. And we point out, you know, mm-hmm. the the thematic uh, selections often go with the gospels better, but everything works really well together mm-hmm. to uh, reinforce that mm-hmm. message. Yeah, as we get to the end of the uh, the liturgical year and the eschatological emphasis, for sure. Yeah. Yep. And well, uh, cool. yeah, we got some interesting, I got to, I, I actually, ne- I never look ahead, but I was looking ahead to see how many more weeks that we have. I think we have five more in the year and yeah. and what kind of texts we'll be looking at. So it should be interesting. I was doing the same, but mine was concerned about preaching. Oh. Ah, ah, okay, yeah, yeah. I think if Timothy, I think Timothy would have a podcast today. I mean, if you want to oh, be consistently well, getting your he's message an out, yeah. yes, he's an influencer, and yeah, I Instagram. Mean, you know, here's me preaching. Yeah. You know, here's me fleeing from people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we were talking last night. I was. I'm doing a series on the prophets, and and one of the questions I got last night was. Who in the world is coming to hear this guy? Uh, it was Amos, you oh. know, and so he's talking about, and and the and she, she, it's hard to imagine anyone listening to someone that was this much of a contrarian. I said, well, you know, he doesn't have a class, but or he doesn't have a church, but he's standing likely at the the entryway to the worship place, mm-hmm. con- condemning people in their worship. So they didn't really have a choice but to listen. To <laughs> yeah, him. yeah. 
It's like the guy who oh. occasionally shows up at the, I park in the, uh, the parking lot at school, uh, the seminary parking lot. And there's a guy periodically standing by the drive-in yeah. <laughs> driveway and preaching at us as we park in yeah. our cars because, I don't know, God sent him to. Because you're wicked. <laughs> yes, I guess so. He's probably been reading all this stuff about teachers, you know. Gotta, uh, go, yeah. gotta go preach to those folks. So, yeah. So there's a street corner. He's got on street corner somewhere. Actually, there's a. I've noticed in this, uh, it's a much um, poorer part of town than the rest of the town where our, where my university is. There's a lot mm. more street corner preachers than uh, certainly than in the more affluent areas. There's just a lot more. I, I hardly I don't remember seeing them. Yeah, see them. See, see them downtown and in the uh, more economically challenged portion. So uh, I never really thought about it. Wow, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, we are way short today, Man. but uh, it's 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 French silk pie. One a little bit fills you up. Um, <laughs> what? So it's what French silk pie? That's what. Oh, French silk uh, pie. Oh, yeah. Someone complimented me on on my preaching once because I was preaching at a place where they were used to forty five minute sermons, and uh-huh. I don't preach forty five minute sermons. I preach seventeen to twenty two minute he sermons. Preaches and, like French silk, and that's what she said. I preach like French silk pie that uh, just a little bit uh, fills you up, and it's also rich. that sounds like some that, someone in the well, south would say that. You would think so, but it was yeah. actually, it actually came when I was in Illinois. So, uh, and it's sweet it was, uh, like honey nut squirrel. That would be the south. Like that would, <laughs> yes. Yes, Mike, your knowledge of the South That's once again. That's Germans and people of the South. <laughs> We're on a roll. We're on a roll. Well, I hope that you have uh, got something uh, this week. <laughs> we won't be giving any recipes for squirrel, I promise. But I hope oh, that you will like us on Facebook. Pie. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, leave a review on iTunes. Uh, shoot us an email at readinginchurch at gmail.com. We're happy to look at those. Uh, and have a great week. Have a great week. Blessings. Blessings. Reading in Church is proud to partner with Audible.com. For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch for your free audiobook. Go there today.